Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM. You are back with myself, Kyle Teixeira, sitting across from me, John Teixeira. And this week, we have our guest with us, Candy Katz. Sit- Lone Depot. Lone Depot, yes. We'll let her introduce herself. This week, we are going to talk with Candy about mortgage hacks in our current market. So thanks for coming, Candy. Really appreciate you. So, so Kyle, you and I have talked a lot about over the past weeks. We've talked about recessions and raise interest rates going up, how that's affecting the housing market, investors when they're thinking about buying, but just the average buyer, right? The interest rates, the, the everything that's happening is affecting how we do things. Candy has a unique strategy. That's I don't know, want to say it's unique, but something that people aren't thinking about as a strategy to help them get into homes at a lower um, cash flow for investors, right? Or just a lower out-of-pocket for that, that home buyer that wants to get into their their first home or their move-up home. Higher cash flow for investors. Higher, lower out-of-pocket. More cash yeah. flow, yeah. <laughs> less, less out-of-pocket. Yes, I got that so backwards. In, increasing yes. affordability. We've talked a lot about recently about the steps that the market have t- has taken and how it's pushing people uh, out, you know, buyers that were that were shopping already out of the market due to affordability and interest rate reasons. So, uh, so Candy, let's let's uh, let's let you take it and explain what what is the seller credit. Candy, okay. hopefully we don't get interrupted by Mother Nature again. This is take two, and and I appreciate you coming and doing this with us. Um, let's let's for the causes since we're running out of time, and let's let's break this down into the two ways that you have. You've kind of got two little hacks. Let's break it down into those and simplify it a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you guys um, again for having me on here. The mortgage hack is uh, nothing genius per se, but I think it's a good uh, way to help introduce this strategy to both buyer and sellers. Uh, As we're starting to see our market move over to a buyer's market, I think this is great to uh, have just in your back pocket. And it's, let's let's reel in those buyers that qualified three, four months ago yeah. that unfortunately said, hey, we need to pump the brakes. Um, you know, let's wait to see rates go down before I resume my shopping. A lot of people so instead on the of sidelines, waiting, huh? I'm sorry? There's a lot of people on the sidelines, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, there is. And it's unfortunate because now here we are, we have the inventory, uh, the in- mm-hmm. the competition will be less um, and people are wanting to purchase, but they can't afford it. Um, you know, maybe someone that qualified for 500000 in March now only qualifies for three fifty, And so how can we help uh, negate that or, you know, get them back into that buying pool. And there's a couple ways. One, we can buy down their rate or two, help them remove that private mortgage insurance if they weren't able to uh, put down the full 20% or were aware of even the option to pay for that, uh, address the PMI. And there's a couple ways we can uh, touch on that. So to start is, you know, as we're seeing the market shift to where homes aren't moving as quickly, John, um, when a house sits on, say, for 30 days plus, <laughs> automatically a buyer is going to come in and say, well, I want to go mm-hmm. in and reduce the price. That's but a right. seller's not that inclined or maybe is motivated, depending, right, uh, here nor there. What the buyer assumes is reducing the price is going to help them um, qualify for, say, a lower payment. 
even though that will help depending on how much gets negotiated or reduced, I think it's more advantageous to share with them what it looks like to ask for a seller credit versus a price reduction. So yeah, should we dive right in? Kind yeah, of go for it. I love it. You have you have those two scenarios, and I've actually seen you do this on video, and it's really interesting how you show what effect reducing the price has versus not reducing the price, but instead asking for the seller credit, which has the same exact impact to the seller, right? The seller's basically walking away with the same amount of money, but instead of reducing the price, they're giving you money so that you can be more productive with that money by doing these hacks, buying down the rate or the PMI, right? A thousand percent. You got it. Love it. Yeah. Um, so, so with that said, you know, going in on a $500,000 purchase, uh, just because that seems to be a, a good median price point for, um, the, you know, uh, any major market, if you would, uh, reducing the price down 15,000, considering an applicant that has credit scores of 740 and above purchasing as a primary residence on a 30-year fix. In today's market, they can expect interest rates to be about 6.5%, making their total payments, that includes taxes, insurance, and that PMI, because they only put 5% down, uh, to be about 34, 37. Now, again, that's scalable, right? Whereas if they were to go in and ask for the seller, instead of reducing the price, hey, seller, can you give me a $15,000 credit instead. A lot of people may hear the buzzword discount points. This allows the buyer to now pay for those discount points to buy their rate down. And, um, you know, just for easy math for a loan of say 500,000, you know, to buy an interest rate down uh, 1% to where six and a half would be reduced to say a five and a half percent interest rate, call it, um, you know, 10,000, something like that, you know, usually about two points, give or take. So you have that $15,000 credit. Now, mind you, buyers are entitled to buy their interest rates down, but they don't necessarily have to pay for it. That's always negotiable, Mm -hmm. right? So this is what I'm trying to make a point on Mm -hmm. is take that seller credit, pay that interest rate down, that will essentially lower the buyer's payment which then now qualifies them a lot, puts them in a better position to qualify for the loan because their debt to income ratio is now met in the thresholds allowed, right, to qualify. And then also a lot of people aren't aware the second thing you can do with that seller credit is now pay for that PMI. A lot of people assume, okay, PMI is automatically on my loan when I take out an FHA loan. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you take out a conventional loan, however, you would you have the opportunity to pay for the PMI upfront. If you didn't put the 20% down, you can finance that PMI into your loan amount, or you can finance half of it right? And then pay for half of it. So instead of that monthly payment of say $161 for PMI, maybe you can reduce it down to say $60 a month. Whatever direction, however you want to slice it, PMI can be paid for without putting the full 20% down. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. And 
And, cool. and really what you're saying is it affects your affordability because what lenders look at and what qualifies you, no matter what loan you're getting, is is how much of that loan is going to come out of your, you know, your DTI for your monthly expenses, right? So you, you mentioned that that 15 grand reduction was 34, 37. So mm-hmm. if we do it this way, this makes it so our out of pocket every month is three. Th- what, what was the number you said? It would be $3,072, saving you $365 a month as a buyer. And that $15,000 credit, it will help reduce that price, uh, excuse me, reduce that interest rate down by one point. And then the premium on PMI for this size loan on a $500,000 purchase, the 5% down, uh, primary residence, conventional loan, you can expect, you know, the premiums vary. And I go, I use a, uh, the provider we use, we can shop around, uh, but it's Radian. They typically give the lowest premiums. And for this size loan, you can expect uh, 82.18 would be the PMI for the life of the loan. So again, that's something that they will be charging you $161 a month Mm -hmm. or until you have, you know, less than 78 your loan to value is less than 78% where it'll automatically drop off unless you, you know, refinance the loan to remove it. So in this case, you know, with rates changing, we don't know where the market is going to be a couple years from now. So instead of paying more additional fees to refinance and remove that PMI down the road, why not just take care of it here? And so that $15,000 credit won't pay entirely the full um, discount points and the PMI, but it'll definitely help towards it, it yeah. just for this, you know, example. And who's to you say want. you didn't negotiate 17,000 and pay for all of it, right? So it's just percent. all part of the negotiation and this is just an example that you're using. So in our example, it seems like we reduced our out-of-pocket by about 500 bucks. Did I get that right? Maybe just a little over 500 the 365, Easy. I actually factor that in where you remove the PMI oh, okay. and the rate reduction. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Got it. But that's your monthly out of pocket too. So this is also a better solution than, for example, people who are getting quality, you know, their affordability or their DTIs with these new interest rates is now making it to where, like you said, they can no longer buy that $500,000 home and they only qualify for 350, for example, um, you know, the the common solution people think of is just bringing more cash to the table to make up the difference. It sounds like this this allows you to you know you, you can bring even if you don't get the seller credit you could bring a little bit more cash to do these same things and you know not not to the extent of one hundred fifty thousand is that does that make sense yeah so right? uh, what I think I'm seeing right now in this market is buyers were having to bring the extra cash to the table in the last six months onward, let's say due to appraisal gaps, mm-hmm. right? Not only were they responsible to bring down payment, closing costs, all of this, wave appraisals, things of that nature, um, and maybe bring that extra 20, 40,000 to the table to cover the appraisal gap. Instead, let's take a step back now as prices on homes are correcting itself, where can we you know, see the the money cash to table to really help the buyer. Because yeah, to your point, that $365 savings can give someone, call it an extra $150 to $200,000 buying power, mm-hmm. right? So what was now, uh, what they were qualified for, like I said, back in March, maybe a $500,000 purchase, 
um, to now be reduced down to say a 350 purchase, we can either get them back to that 500,000 to get them into that home that they're wanting, or most importantly, just be able to qualify them to purchase a home uh, while keeping their payments affordable um, and still qualify within the allowed thresholds because Fannie and Freddie is going to be changing those guidelines here fairly soon. I know that's the mm-hmm. the rumor um, where, you know, 43% back end DTI is what's allowed conservatively on a conventional loan uh, will now be reduced down to say 36%. What is allowed on a manual underwrite. Uh, This is kind of going to start out for more refinance cash out Mm -hmm. opportunities. I'm not sure if that's going to come here soon for the purchase side, but we're seeing the changes. You know, what happened back then was banks stopped lending. Banks were closing. Tellers were out of a job, you know? So I think a lot of people ask, hey, when is a good time to buy? It's when you qualify, (laughs) you know? That's truly like, that's that's my response on it. (laughs) <laughs> I love so, it. We've always said that. When's a good time to buy? It's it was now. <laughs> Anytime. <yeah. laughs> now, because the best time to buy was six months ago. Or five minutes. That's right. It's always in the Get in, in the, the game. Start building your tree of wealth, Candy. That's what we are all about. So, hey, the, you know, we're, we're talking... We're talking about this hack in perspective of reducing or or a contracting market, but not all markets are contracting. As a matter of fact, not all homes. Some homes are still flying off the market with multiple offers. That's still happening. So I want to point something out that I'm sitting here thinking about. You could still use this hack. This is, I mean, the appraisers, the lenders, everybody involved in the transaction are so used to seeing a sales price that is above asking. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be out of the norm to end up negotiating with somebody at a $15,000 higher price than you know. Like, okay, we've negotiated this at four eighty. Now, what I'd like to do is is bump that up to four ninety five. Ask for a seller, right? Correct. We used to do those things all the time. Yeah. I mean, I want to just add on that. I bought my first house in Plano, Texas in 2005, which was a buyer's market then. And I recall paying for my closing costs. I I met halfway with the seller. Mm -hmm. You know, so let's say closing cost was $5,000. Seller paid $2,500. I paid Mm $2,500. Everything's negotiable, right? And it doesn't, this is just an example to your point, John, where you apply it to favor the buyer. And look, if we are speaking about a market that, to your point, the sweet spot of homes selling in the 400,000s are still flying off the market, great. Who's to say you don't offer 415 on a $400,000 list, but still ask for that credit? You know, either way, like, what, what what's the motivation for the right. parties? Right. So Make it work yeah. for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So Sellers only looking at their bottom line and to make sure the contract you write can actually succeed. So, yeah. yeah. I love it, Candy. Two really, really good hacks that I think people aren't talking enough about. They're really simple. They're easy. They're right there for everybody to use, right? Pay down, buy down your interest rate or pay your upfront PMI, both those things and doing those things in combination really reduce your out-of-pocket expense. And we're, Kyle and I try to stay focused on investors, right? And how they look at things, that's really important for investors, isn't it, Kyle? Yeah, we've we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, multiple episodes, we've talked about the time value, you know, time value proposition of money, right? And this puts 
keeps more money in your pocket to do other investing. You know, this monthly payment is taking, like like Candy said, $360 a month less out of your pocket. That can now be, you know, put into other investments. And, you know, especially at scale, uh, this can make a huge difference. Candy, I want to give you the opportunity before we run out of time to just share with us some other investor products you might have. And I'd love, Candy, I, we'd be honored if you would come back to us and maybe I'd like to have a discussion about arms because I believe that that arms are going to be something we're seeing a lot more of in the future has a really negative connotation from the past and, and rightly so, yeah, right? Definitely. But they're being done differently now. I think they had need to have a different perspective and candy. I'd love to get your perspective on it. Would you come back and share that with us at another, at oh, a later I would date? Be delighted to be invited back. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And for our viewers, an arm is not just a limb. It's an adjustable rate mortgage. So <laughs> well, they're attached to my shoulders. My arms are attached to my shoulders. So. Hey, candy, what do you adjustable got? You've got mortgage is what it's short for. Yeah. Adjustable yeah. rate, mortgage. adjustable rate go. mortgage. I'm sorry. Thank you for, for not allowing me to use jargon like that kyle <laughs> we appreciate that candy quickly i know you need to go so quickly share with us a couple interesting products you have for your investors out tease there our, and tease our audience and, a and bit. leave us with some contact information would you Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So one of the most popular pro programs I've been writing lately is our DSCR. It's short for debt service coverage ratio. And basically, if you are new to investing or a seasoned investor, uh, this is geared towards cash flowing properties. So for example, if you're a burr strategist, uh, maybe you're fixing and flipping and decide to hold the property. This is ideal. Um, it, it applies for the DSCR loan. And then we have the hard money loan, which um, same deal, you need to have at least 20% down. So the max loan to value is 80%. Um, there are ways that you can put a minimum of 10% down if you were able to find the property lower than the market value. But mm -hmm. I, I won't dive into, into too depth with that. The, the beauty behind that product, though, is, you know, someone that if they just quit their job, right, I, I don't care. If they just started an LLC and I, uh, in a traditional loan um, scenario, you would need to have provided two years tax returns consecutively. Doesn't matter. I, I don't care um, if you're only 25% of the business owner. It doesn't matter because we don't look at income nor employment history. We just care that your property is cash flowing or performing mm -hmm. higher than the mortgage payment due. Mm -hmm. So for easy math, let's say your rent is 2,500, but your mortgage is 2,000. We're in the clear, right? We can use 90% of the rent amount to basically offset the debt that you're serving, but that will be servicing. And then and you don't need any more income from your applicant. They don't need to prove any more income in that scenario. Nope. The only docs that you would uh, anticipate to provide in a, a scenario to purchase using a DSCR loan would be driver's license, last two months bank statements, which it would it's there to help support your down payment. And then also we need to show that you can um, meet four to say six months of reserves. Mm -hmm. So if your payments a month is 2000, just on the safe side, have six months reserves of that to show 12,000 yeah. that's in your checking savings, 401k stock money market, all of that um, is applicable as a source of down payment. But yeah. And of course, if you're purchasing, um, 
we will use what we call a rent schedule, aka 1007 on your appraisal, where it shows pretty much what rent is going for in that area, like your comparables, um, but on a rent scale. And that's what we'll go off. Now, what can supersede that is if you do have an active lease in place, uh, we just need to show two months of uh, canceled checks or deposits consistently mm. to be able to use that amount. Right. And these these programs take about 45 days start to finish. I've been able to close them in 30. Now, you know, I just like to give that little buffer uh, for whatever reason, appraisal, it takes a while, you know, depending on how quickly the docs come in. But yeah, it's been really popular because people are, they have the equity. They want to tap into the equity, but they don't have the paper trail for it. So this has been phenomenal. People that are just starting out investing, uh, they have a ton of assets, but they can't prove their income. Again, so long your property is is cash flowing, that's all that we care about. This this would be a good program for some of our investors looking to buy our inventory, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm interested to hear more about that, Candy, and I'm I know our audience is, so I, I would love to have you back on to dive deep dive deeper into that product. So um Do it. Definitely. Do it. Well and I appreciate you you coming on with us uh today. Um you know, if you guys have any questions or want to figure out how to talk to Candy, um, I'm going to let her give you our contact, her contact info in a second. But our phone number is 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email. Show me the money at wertpm.com. Candy, how do they get a hold of you if they want more information about all these awesome products you offer? Yes, my direct cell number, 214-514-0472. You can find me on social media. I have a ton of content out there uh, that touches on mortgage tips and investment programs. Um, Instagram is Hello Candy Cats. That's K-A-N-D-Y-K-A-T-Z. Uh, my email is kcats, K-K-A-T-Z at Loan Depot dot com spelled out and yeah uh, i look forward to consulting with anyone on, on any programs they have questions on and how we can be strategic in this market so what about tiktok you didn't even mention tiktok oh yeah so hello candy cats or i think this is candy cats i don't know i just i'm fairly new to to that platform <laughs> but <laughs> well for any of our audience that's visual and wants to know and wants to see these uh these products we've been talking about in a in a visual format go check out her instagram and tiktok just like she described so and uh that's candy cats with a k right that's correct double k double k, k. k. Like double, k. double the fun <laughs> Right. Candy, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'll get with you about about coming on again in the future. So we talk about those things, the DSCR and the arms and all that good stuff. We got a lot to talk about right now. We really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. No worries at all. Thank you for having me and extending the invite. I'll be glad to come back on at a later time. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you again, Candy. And everyone, thank you for tuning in. Again, we are TPM. Out. We are out.